Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another live show here on the Wolverine.com uh, YouTube channel, also in the podcast feeds here on Monday night, June 5th. Anthony Broom here with Clayton Safey, Chris Ballas, as we are every Monday night here at 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, a lot to get to today. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has spoken. Uh, he emerged from uh, the submarine, so to speak. Uh, Clayton and I were there at Wayne State on Thursday uh, to hear what he had to say. He held the court with the media for about 25 minutes, which is actually Fairly long uh, by his standards, so we'll, we'll uh, sift through some of those. Uh, transfer portal, still a big deal with football and basketball. We'll hit on some of those updates, and like we have been doing every Monday night, uh, we will take your questions also at the end of the show. But before we get started, I want to talk about uh, really quick about our friends over at RogueShop.com. If you guys are having issues sleeping, chronic pain, or anxiety, stress, I was out doing yard work today. Uh, the back pain is going to flare up here. Uh, Rogue Shop. 
has a product for you, whether it's the pain creams, CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals. We've run through the laundry list uh, working with our friends over there. So they handcraft all of their own products, all of their own cannabis in their own manufacturing facility. Uh, you can use promo code The Wolverine for 10% off over at rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. Their website has a 24-7 chat function where you can ask them anything, whatever is on your mind about their products or uh, their, you know, their big uh, Richard and Charmaine are big about the education of plant medicine and, and those types of things. So uh, check them out over at rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. Use promo code The Wolverine for 10% off. So we'll get to the meat and potatoes of the show now. Uh, we welcome in, of course, uh, Chris Ballas and Clayton Safey. Fellas, how are we doing this week? I'm doing great. I was just trying to answer all these damn questions about uh, NIL and where Santa Ono and everything else now that the basketball program is on the decline and can't land any portal guys. And I'm like, hey, look, this guy spent how much time on athletics in his first few months of his tenure here? Probably a hell of a lot more than he thought he was going to. And you know what? He has some academic things to take care of as Michigan's president, too. He was actually in Singapore for a couple of weeks, I believe it was, or at least a week. So he's got other duties than being the athletic director at Michigan, folks. So um, he just got here last October, given a little bit of time. Where's Santa? You know, you promised this and that and this and that, you know. Well, you know what? Give him a little time here. He just got here, people. So anyway. Yeah. Well, people want those gifts. It's a, you know, they want those gifts under the tree. Right. Why didn't I get my, why didn't I get my PS5? You know, it's, it's like a microwave well, society these days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. So they got to anyway. wait till Christmas, but I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well other than, yeah, some basketball news that I'm sure we'll mm. get into as well. Um, you know, pretty disappointing, um, you know, not totally stunning, but uh, with Olivier Kamwa uh, taking Michigan off his list, it seems like after his visit. So, but doing pretty well, AB. All right, well, uh, basketball is basketball. We'll save that for later on in the show. It's almost like a little bit of a venting or a crying hour when we when bring those guys up lately. But uh, I want to start with, and we have a super chat here from our friend Shane Johnson, and we'll leave the show with it, but I want to set up the topic first. Clayton and I were at uh, the Sound Mind, Sound Body Camp at Wayne State University on Thursday. Uh, Jim Harbaugh spoke, I said, for about 25 minutes or so. Pretty much answered any and all questions about, uh, you know, the media was throwing at him. There was there was a scrub of about, I would say, eight or nine of us there. Um, anything from, you know, the what's happening going on in the offseason, who impressed him in the spring, touched on some of the Shemi Schembechler stuff. Uh, but I want to start here because uh, we'll run through our takeaways on that. But we'll start with Shane because I wanted to lead with this one anyways. Shane Johnson with a 1999 Super Chat says, last year run pass was... 62 to 38%. Jim Harbaugh says it will be about 50-50 this year. Sounds great, not just because we all want J.J. slinging it, but also because it increases the odds of having the Don and Blake Corum healthy down the stretch and more attractive to quarterback recruits like Bryce Underwood. So we'll get into Jim Harbaugh's comments on that. Uh, more or less kind of said that, and he was, he was in the mood for uh, making bold proclamations. Uh, Clayton he had a couple of zingers in there like that but um, you know they want to be they were talking about giving just about equal maybe not equal amount of touches but Jim Harbaugh says they want to come out of each of these football games watch film on a Sunday night and say okay did Cornelius Johnson get what he was supposed to get out of that game did Blake Corum get his touches 
Did Donovan Edwards get his touches? Did Colston Loveland get his touches? So they want to be an offense that spreads that spreads the ball around. And my question to you guys as we leave this off is that, you know, we always talk about if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh-huh. You know, they have the elite offensive line. We know they have the elite backs. We know they have, uh, you know, we know they have the potential to have some playmakers. But when push came to shove last year and Michigan needed to win football games, they were grinding things out up front. And, and when both of those backs were healthy, that's what the identity of this team was. So uh, were you surprised at all to hear uh, Jim basically be pretty transparent about the fact that they want to be a little closer to 50-50 this year? Surprised to hear him say it? No. Will I be surprised if it's 50-50? Absolutely, I'll be surprised. And in fact, I'll give Clayton five more dollars to add to my tab that I owe him. I believe it's a lunch now and five dollars. So that would be ten dollars. Right. So uh, if my if my Michigan math is correct, but I will say this. Uh, I think it'll be closer to 60-40. And I think it should be, man, because when you have the offensive line and you can maul people and you can wear teams down. So in the fourth quarter, you're just kicking the crap out of teams like Ohio State on the ground a couple years in a row. There is nothing sexier, nothing sexier than winning football games that way. I understand. Would you rather have been Ohio State or Michigan last year? You had that pretty passing game, and guess what? You got your butt kicked by your rival on your on your own field. So, And if you've got a formula to do it, then you do it again. And when you got guys like Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, who are threats every time they touch the ball, and flat out, I asked Sharon more of this about this and we had an exclusive with him for the football preview. I want you guys to order that to read what he said. But uh, the fact I asked him about, you know, what the fan base says and stuff like that. And he says he chuckles a little bit about it and uh, flat out, they're going to do guys what it takes to win football games. Now it's not going to be Shane about impressing Bryce Underwood and stuff like that. It's going to be about, okay, Bryce, are you impressed with us going 13 and 0 again or 12 and one again and playing in the playoff? Because that's what J.J. McCarthy cares about. He doesn't care if he's out there, you know, winning Heisman trophies and throwing for 400 yards. This kid wants to win. I sense that Bryce Underwood is that same kind of guy. And if you have a special talent like that, uh, obviously you're going to use him. And you're not always going to have two backs like Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. So you're going to have to probably. But, man, when you can line up and blow people off the ball, uh, I'm all for it. And I think eventually, Shane, yeah, I do think it'll be closer uh, maybe 58 to 42 or whatever this year. But uh, there were times last year that w- you could tell that they were went, okay, we're going to pass, you know, on this, on this series of downs and it didn't quite work as well because you didn't have the elite receivers. I'm not sure that's going to change. So play to your strengths is what I say. And as an old timer who saw several Michigan offensive lines blowing people off the ball and winning in the trenches, you still win football games in the trenches. I still think uh, Blake Corum is going to be the offensive MVP of this football team. Yeah. And, Here's the thing. They're going to do what works. Jim Harbaugh has said it. There's, there's a couple ways to travel on the ground and through the air. They're going to do both, uh, and they're going to do what works as long as you travel down the field and end up in the end zone. Um, and I've also learned this. There, there are two Jim Harbaugh. He has two different modes. There's off-season Jim Harbaugh, and then there's in-season Jim Harbaugh. He's talking like this. Yeah, we need six to eight targets for Roman Wilson and Colston Loveland, and maybe Blake and Donovan only have 10 and nine carries each per game you know we, we want to rest them and and all this stuff i don't i don't think that he like i'm not saying he doesn't think what he's what he's saying but you know or believe that this stuff may come true but once it gets into the season he's going to do what it takes to win as you said cb and and sharon moore's right and he talked about it in the spring as well like it, it doesn't really matter they're going to do what it takes to move the ball score points win games 
So, yeah, I mean, I think it'll probably be less than 62% run this year uh, just because, you know, you have a second-year starting quarterback. Uh, I think you still have some really nice weapons uh, that you can use tight ends, uh, you know, wide receiver, maybe not the game breaker there, but Donovan Edwards out of the backfield. You could throw to Blake Corum, uh, all of that. And you know, so I think it'll be that. I think it'll be, you know, less than 62, but I would I would guess it'd be a heck of a lot closer to 60 than it, than it is 50. Um, and again, it's not that Jim Harbaugh doesn't believe what he's saying. Uh, I think it's just uh, a little bit different. This is the same guy that said, you know, Dan Valari could have a Taysom Hill type of role. Uh, he's, you know, he said that uh, AJ Henning was going to be, to it. you know, playing in more of a Debo Samuel type of role. He says certain things in the offseason because I think he thinks that could happen. He likes to tinker and experiment with different things in the offseason, switches guys' positions, things like that. Uh, but when push comes to shove, they're going to do what it takes, and they should do that um, as well. And by the way, I was looking up before we went live here, Dan Valari. He is a tight end at Syracuse, so, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe and maybe he'll get to throw this fall, and maybe he will. The Taysom Hill proclamation will come true. He'll be uh, he'll be the guy running the Philly special at, uh, at Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, you guys read my mind. I was gonna, I was gonna say something, Clay. You guys, it's like you guys read my mind though, because I was gonna intervene. But you know what? It's good for morale too, right? To tell these these guys are like, man, I want my touches. You know, in the off season, you know, you want to give these guys something to shoot for too, and you want to say, hey, we're gonna give you every opportunity. But if a guy like AJ Henning isn't up to the task, you know what? Then you're gonna go with what works. You're gonna give him his chances. You know, and he had some big moments in key situations during his Michigan career. We all remember the reverse, you know, the little Statue of Liberty, Liberty play and stuff like that. But at some point it's up to you to be able to run routes and to get better and to improve so that you have to, that you demand those touches. So that's what Donovan Edwards did last year. In my opinion, that's why I think you'll see him more as part of more as a passing game in the passing game, maybe a slot receiver, whatever too, but uh, whatever they do, they got to get those guys on the field at the same time and make sure both of those guys get their touches. To me, that's where it starts. Yeah, I mean, and there are a couple guys in that group, too, where um, well, not to be I'll just be honest about it. I mean, Cornelius Johnson isn't a wide receiver. Where we go, man, we got to get him his seven, eight, nine targets a game. Um, More Cornelius Johnson hate from Anthony. It's not hate. It's I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> hey, you know what? He's going to call for Andrew Anthony by the end of the show. Yeah, uh, this week's player of the game will be Andrew Anthony. <laughs> Even though, uh, who cares if he's an Oklahoma Sooner? Um, <laughs> he might be down at Oklahoma, the player of the week every week. You know, I hope I wish him all the best. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I think that you know Jim Harbaugh is what I would refer to as like a, a college. He's a football mad scientist. He's going to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and get the data to support what works and what doesn't, and you know they'll kind of build their identity from there. I think that you know it's it's good. I like the idea that I don't think they'll be successful in it because I think they're going to have leads in games and they're going to run the ball a lot to, to run out the clock and things like that. But, you know, I like the, because we saw them have to do this against Ohio state last year uh, to make the comeback in that TCU game that they did, you know, sometimes you got to zig when the defense zags and you have to be able to be pliable in your approach and not just, you know, not just say, you know what, we're, we're tough. We're physical. No matter what happens, uh, we're just going to – it'll break for us eventually. Eventually, the floodgates will open up. So I like the I like the idea. I like the thinking behind, hey, we want to be a little more balanced. But uh, to me, you know, when Michigan's at its best, it's going to be controlling the line of scrimmage. It's going to grind its opponents into, you know, a pile of dust. And you know, that'll lend itself to being a little more run-heavy. But, um, you know – talk about getting all of these playmakers involved and getting guys their touches. 
you know, when you have a quarterback as good as JJ McCarthy is, you also want the ball in his hands a lot more than just handing it off too. So it's a really, I won't say it's a delicate balance. It's a good problem to have. Um, so rich people I, problems, rich people problems, right. as Sharon says all the time. That's right. Matt Weiss, that. Matt Weiss said that as well. Sharon's you know, saying it. Sharon's the one saying it now. <laughs> so. um, it's not a shared quote anymore. It's, it's a nope. sole offensive coordinator quote. So uh, let's move on to, uh, I like, you know, there's a good segue talking about Sharon Moore here. Uh, something else that Jim hit on in that media session, uh, another bold proclamation, uh, so to speak, is that he thinks that he could have as many, uh, he thinks all of his coaches on his staff right now will be future head coaches, which I could see happening. But he says that he thinks they could have as many as four after this season. And we kind of, pre- you know, he was pressed on it. So who do you think those guys would be? Obviously, Sharon Moore would be one. Um, but it, it just kind of further cements, you know, I mean, it's not just my own hypothesis. It's a lot of people have said this this offseason that I think this could be the best coaching staff that he's ever had. You know, a lot of guys that have experience recruiting at a high level, a lot of guys, you know, younger, there's that younger flair. You, you get the sense that their staff is made up of guys that have that upward trajectory that could be future head coaches. But, you know, four would be four again, just like you want to be 50 50 offensively. Seems like a bit of an ambitious quote at first, but if it's what happens, then mission accomplished. And you have to think that Michigan would be in a really good spot. It's just a matter of who those other guys might be. Yeah. Read the read again, folks. I want you to get the, um, the football preview for our, with our Q and a with Sharon Moore. And he says, you know, I don't want to give it all away, but he said, you know, Jim Harbaugh has been unbelievable for his career. And he went into detail. Sharon Moore could have been a head coach this year at a power five program out West. Uh, and I was talking to Fred Jackson, uh, who I, I love and respect uh, as much as anybody in football. Uh, he was, he's an analyst now was obviously Michigan's offense coordinator at one point, And he was the running backs coach for a long time. And he said, he firmly believes that Sharon Moore could be the head coach, the first African-American head coach at Michigan down the road someday. Hopefully it'll be, you know, uh, he's going to have some experience somewhere else. And Jim Harbaugh is hopefully going to be here for a long time. And I want to talk about that too, guys, because I thought Clay wrote a great column about, you know, how relaxed Jim Harbaugh looked and both of you guys reading your stuff, I thought was fantastic. You know, it looks like maybe he's at peace with, you know, I'm going to be Michigan's coach and I'm going to be here for a long time. Let's hope. But um, uh, with Sharon, he says he's taken me places that I didn't even know I could go. And you can sense, you know, in listening to guys like Joel Klatt, Fox analyst, and Jim Harbaugh and coaches around the country that Sharon Moore is special. And I felt that for a long time, um, you know, and and I can't wait to see what he accomplishes. Uh, first this year as the sole offensive coordinator, but uh, in his career, you know, if whether he goes somewhere else and is a head coach for a while and comes back, you know, a, a lot of these guys, when they leave, uh, some guys don't have coaching trees. They have stumps. You know, if you look at like, for example, Brady Hoke and uh, even some of Lloyd Carr's guys, you know, um, but this is a coaching tree where I can see number one, Sharon Moore is going to be that guy. Um, I think Jay Harbaugh's got a head coach's mind and mentality like his brother, uh, like Jim's brother, John, with the Ravens. He was a special teams coach. He started as a position coach, was never a head coach before he got to the Ravens. But some guys have that mentality. I think Jay's there. I think Mike Elston could be a coordinator. They are so fortunate to have him as a position coach. Mike Hart is going to be a head coach somewhere someday. I don't have any question about it. So there are a lot of guys where if it gets to that point 10 years from now, I think they're going to have guys to choose from. Steve Klinkscale, 
uh, is to me a, a football genius when it comes to coaching secondary. So I can go right down the list, fellas. Uh, all those guys are fantastic. And and you're right, Anthony, this is the best coaching staff they've ever had. They've got the energy to recruit, which is huge, right? Some of the guys in previous staffs, Jim Harbaugh, he's running it kind of like an NFL deal where, okay, this guy might be really good at coaching you know, tight ends or whatever, but can he recruit? I think all these guys are willing recruiters as well, and I think that's huge for the program. So love them. Uh, they're all down to earth. There's not one guy in that staff that I think, you know, boy, this guy's the weak link, and you just can't really say that uh, in this day and age very often. Yeah, I think this is best staff as well, and I think, I mean, Sharon Moore, clearly the guy you would say probably next up to be a head coach, but Jesse Minter could be a head coach. Yeah. Jay Harbaugh right there as well. Mike Hart. I mean, he has head coach ingredients. He was an associate head coach or assistant head coach. One of those two at Indiana under Tom Allen before he was hired by Michigan. So he's going to be right there. Uh, you know, had interest from Western Michigan that I think he turned down this off season as well. And same with Sharon. So those guys are, you know, it, it's a good spot to be in because it's, it's really the case for a lot of these top programs around the country. When your assistant coaches are coveted, like look at the turnover at Alabama, over the years. And he has the luxury of being able to just, you know, grab a guy from the NFL, like Doug Marone is their offensive line coach. I mean, which is absurd, but um, you know, he's done a fantastic job doing that. And Jim Harbaugh's done a really good job, especially recently replacing some guys that move on like Mike McDonald with Jesse Minter, just a natural fit and, and a perfect fit, maybe a better fit, uh, honestly, for the college game. So I think that ended up working out in Michigan's favor there, getting a year of Mike McDonald, getting to uh, bring in Jesse Minter after that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll be four after this year. Odds are that will not be the case. Uh, odds are all 10 will not end up being head coaches somewhere. <laughs> um, but the fact that it's even a discussion, I think, is a really good thing for Michigan. And, um, you know, it'll be bittersweet, I think, for you know the Michigan fans when these guys move on to bigger and better things. But maybe down the road, as you said, CB, eight years later, if, if you're picking between Jesse Minter and, you know, Sharon Moore and some of these guys, um, then I think you, uh, you know, th that'll work out pretty well. AB, I see Minter as a coordinator in the NFL and then moving his way up. What do you think? That feels right to me. I yeah. mean, he's got Mike McDonald always had that like NFL presence about him. Mm -hmm. Um, Minter a little less. So I think he feels a little more at ease in college, but I could see that. I mean, the fact that the Eagles called him, yeah. uh, you know, kind of says all it needs to say. So, uh, you know, less about the head coaches to me. I think the biggest takeaway is that. Uh, there is like a succession plan in place at pretty much every spot that they have. If Jim Harbaugh were to retire or go to the NFL, whatever it is, whether it's after this year or five years from now, whatever it would be, Sharon Moore, easy, easy pick to slide into that role. You know, if Sharon Moore moves either up at Michigan or somewhere else, then, you know, Grant Newsom's a guy who's been in his hip pocket for the last four or five years that you slide him over to the offensive line and you could slide someone up, someone else up to his role. And, you know, Kirk Campbell was an analyst last year, slides up into the quarterback uh, spot. So I think the, the biggest thing is that these, this is so organized, right? It's so, or, it's just well run. They have good young up and comers, even in support roles right now. There are probably people on this staff that, you know, the lay person doesn't even know their name. That could be a position coach next year or, or the year after that. So, you know, for me, that's the bigger takeaway is that this is a, is a well-oiled machine right now. Uh, I will, I'll camp out here just for a little bit more. We won't, we won't say four. I'll cut it in half and say two. call your shot. If there are two guys that get head coaching jobs after this year, who would they be? 
Uh, Sharon Moore would be number one uh, A and one B for me. Honestly, I think uh, I don't think there's any question uh, that he's ready, and that's probably his next stop. Um, the other one, you know, that's a great question. Um, you you think coordinator? That's the thing. You think coordinator, and then you know, then the next step from coordinator is whatever. So probably Jesse Minter. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to – I think he's going to be like Sharon Moore and be choosy because he can be, right? And that's why I think that maybe the coordinator uh, position in the NFL is what he views as his next step up. So I think he will be more than qualified and more than capable of doing that. But, uh, you know, I look again at a guy like Mike Hart. You know, if Sharon Moore were the head coach here, you know, maybe Mike Hart moves up to offensive coordinator and associate head coach or something like that. I firmly believe that in him. There are guys – for example, that like Lloyd Carr that are better head coaches than they were position coaches, fellas, or coordinators, you know, that are so good at managing and running a whole program. And I think Mike Hart could be that guy. And and he's an outstanding position coach. I don't care. You know, people can say whatever they want to about recruiting this and that. This guy has gotten the most out of his backs. And again, going back to Fred, when he says watching him work is like watching me work and some of the things he says and, and teaching these kids, he said it was so much fun to watch. Um, he's brilliant and, and he's a brilliant football mind uh, in that mold. So, uh, but to me, all these guys have bright futures and are headed up. And, and I, I can't say enough again about guys like Elston and Klinkscale, who is a co-coordinator, by the way, uh, that they are able to hold on to these guys. And uh, to me, it's just everything's humming in the right direction. I wrote a little bit about that on my column for the football preview as well. If you guys, uh, we're going to give a plug for that at the end of the, uh, the show, I hope as well for the football preview. This might be one of the best ones that we've ever written, I think. Yeah. Go to the WolverineOnDemand.com. Use the code SAVE13 to save $13 right now. So S-A-V-E-1-3. Um, but I'm going to go. If I had to, you know, gun to the head, if I had to choose two, I would say Sharon Moore and Jesse Minter. But there are other guys that could be right in that mix, as we've kind of talked about. But I would I would go with those two if, if it ends up being two after this season. And then Jim Harbaugh's looking for new coordinators. Yeah. Well, but but you've got guys that are learning from these guys on staff as well that might be able to be promoted. For example, Clink Scale, right, is already a co-coordinator, yeah. right? And um, you know what? So, or maybe you bring in, a, in another young mind. The one thing that you're not going to do at this point, folks, and I know that everybody says you can't just give Sharon more of that job. You got to, you know what? There is something to be said for culture and continuity. And if you didn't learn that before with the whole Rich Rodriguez bullshit mistake then you're never going to learn it and you're you know what then maybe you deserve to have a bad football team so uh that's just my strong opinion well yeah i don't yeah. buy that you always <laughs> i don't i don't buy that you always need to like pay your dues uh to your point chris mm -hmm. uh, i think if you're a well-entrenched assistant uh this is sharon moore's sixth year at michigan already so to say that that guy would be capable of running the program at this point i, I think is uh i would say misguided um but so, it's also a big risk to, to hire a, a first-year head coach, too. I mean, I in, think in a be way. pretty uneasy. Like, I love Sharon Moore. I think he's a great mm -hmm. coach. But I'd be pretty uneasy if I'm a Michigan fan going from Jim Harbaugh, who's one of the best coaches in the country, to a newcomer. And I think there'd be a learning curve. And we've learned that with Jawan Howard on the basketball side, too. So it, it would be a drop-off, I would think, um, yeah. for sure, hiring a first-year guy. But uh, I think Sharon Moore has the chops. But Juwan Howard was not a part of a program that was here and knows the way they did everything. If you you when you have that continuity and you can do everything the same way that you've been doing it, and the kids are going to be happy, and you know that Sharon Moore, for as much as a, of a player's coach as he might be, is also a no nonsense guy. He knows everything the way they did it and how successful they've been. 
you know, if you bring in a brand new coaching staff, for example, and a bunch of new guys and you have to learn new terminology, then you're starting over. That is a bigger risk, in my opinion. You know, and that's why I said and I got so much crap for it. You know, when they hired Rich Rodriguez at the time, I said, man, maybe it would have been better if they would have just promoted Mike DeBoard, you know, and, and everybody. There are a lot of people who couldn't stand Mike DeBoard. In hindsight, who would you take? You know, would you have the, you know, it took a long time to get to Jim Harbaugh and maybe people would say, well, we needed that to get back here. Yeah. But, uh, but you know what? Uh, it was 17 years or 14 years in the abyss there, fellas. Um, so, uh, Darren, uh, unfortunately, Rich Rodriguez is a part of this program's history and I understand completely. So when we do uh, talk about Rich Rod, it will only be in a negative way. We can assure you of that. So with all due respect. Chris, do you still have the, uh, the Rich Rod cardboard cutout at your house? I think I got mad about something and I snapped it in half so, <laughs> or into pieces. So, uh, yeah, I think like I had a pipe burst or something in my house and I'm like, took it out on Rich's face. So, and Rich, you know what, in, in his defense, he was always really good to us. You know, there were other aspects of his life and his coaching that, uh, that he wasn't so good at, but to be fair, uh, I always appreciated the way that he dealt with the media. So he is a listener too. So just shout out to yes, shout, shout out to Rich and to Dusty and the, and the gang. So. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to. Uh, it's tied into to the cornerback situation, uh, but transfer portal now. Uh, Josh Wallace uh, from UMass uh, was on a visit uh, to the program in the last few days. It seems like that's something that could happen sooner rather than later. Uh, Chris, do we have an update on where things stand there? You know what? I'm going to defer to Clayton, who had a, an unbelievable interview on that one as well uh, in our Inside the Fort, because uh, uh, you guys, you know, when I was out getting my Xanax to deal with the people on the message boards, you guys went to Sound Mind, Sound Body, and you killed it. So, uh, and I was excited to read that. That was Those something. Those are paying I, customers you're talking about. I'm only talking about 1%, right? The rest of them are, are beautiful people, and I love them all. You know, if they're giving us their, their dollar you know, then we love you. But, uh, but there are days on the message boards, let's be honest, where you're like, holy crap, you know, it's like, uh, um, but while I was out, yeah. So tell, tell, tell us a little bit about Wallace and, you know, it does seem like a plan D guy, but it sounds to me like he can play a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it might be a plan D, but I mean, he popped up just a couple of weeks ago in the portal after graduating from UMass. And I think, you know, I've watched a few of his highlights. There's not like a full tape out there, which I would like to uh, and they don't have the time to compile, but would like to see if someone has time out there. Um, and, and, you know, he looks pretty legit for a, for a group of five cornerback um, and, and talking to somebody who has ties at both UMass and Michigan. And there are, are quite a few there between the two programs. They believe he has the mentality of a David Long, not the talent, um, obviously, but uh, and, and he could impact as well. Um, and that's how they feel. Uh, seems like it's between Virginia Tech, who he visited last uh, and Michigan, uh, which he visited Thursday and Friday, decision should uh, should come soon. And then he wants to join the next program uh, pretty much right away. As you know, people are summer conditioning for Michigan has already started. So um, I would feel pretty good. I think the the one thing you worry about with Virginia Tech is that they did you know pretty much offer him a starting cornerback spot. You know, Michigan said, hey, you can come in and, and play and contribute. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to guarantee anything in terms of starting snaps, but uh, from what we've heard, he, it is very appealing to him to play for a program like Michigan, where you can compete for a national championship. And, and to me, um, you know, if I had to go with the 51%, I would think that that probably wins out. You're going to get to play. You're, you're going to provide depth there, which I think we, we know that Michigan needs, and you're going to get to compete for championships. 
as opposed to, to maybe what, what's going on at Virginia Tech. So I would, uh, man, I would think that this probably happens. Yeah, that's my bad, Clay. I was literally with you all day Thursday while this was going on. So <laughs> all good. I tried that's right. to, that's, that's uh, stolen valor for Chris Ballas. You guys uh, did a hell of a job. I was, I was blown away, guys. I was blown away by the coverage. And I'm like, man, this is what we've built, uh, you know, here at the Wolverine.com. You guys uh, more than uphold the standard. So, and I'm not just saying that. Well, there's a lot of ground to cover that day. Uh, shout out to Zach Libby as well, uh, who on a broken toe, uh, God, we got to get him like a robotic leg or something at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, guy. Literally sprinting across the grounds to get from where he was doing uh, covering recruits to meet us for the Harbaugh uh, press conference and snap a few photos. So it was a team effort. Want to give him his flowers as well. Um, let's move into some sadder news, I guess, as we uh, move into the basketball section yeah. of, of the discussion today, because Juwan Howard's name was invoked. Uh, his program is, uh, fellas, I don't know what's going to happen from here. Uh, I, I was off today. Uh, the, the Olivier Kamwa news was literally broken to me uh, as we started recording this podcast. So he's not coming. And I don't know. I mean, where does it go from here? Because Ray J. Dennis, not coming. Uh, we'll see uh, Zion Poland, what's going on with him. But right now, it kind of seems like NIL is is the refrain right now, and the support's not where it needs to be. And no. I don't, uh, I don't know who they could add at this point that would make, you know, as we move into the off season and you know sort through the rosters. This is a bottom four roster in the Big Ten right now. It's um, the it's the Trey Jackson era, right at the four at the four. So uh, you have to hope that he exceeds expectations, and that all of them do. And that's exactly what Phil Martelli told me. Uh, in, in a couple, like several weeks ago when we had to sit down with him and he said, uh, there, there's no option for these guys. They are going to have to improve. And that's where it's going to start. Everybody on every guy on this roster, we're not going to have that one guy that's going to carry us like a Hunter Dickinson. Everybody's going to have to pull their weight and, and improve dramatically. And he did promise, you know, people that he was going to go out and they were going to get some more guys from the portal. And I think they will. I just don't know how good they'll be, you know, and, uh, with Kamwa, they thought, you know, several, like a couple months ago before he went to the uh, combine, the G league combine, they thought that was pretty much done. And, you know, he, they were like preparing to have him here and preparing to announce him in different ways. And, but NIL rears its head. And with all due respect to the collectives who are busting their butts, you know, that's still, you know, it took a while for the NIL, the collectives to get up to speed on football and it's starting to work and still not where it needs to be. You got a couple of guys carrying the water for a lot of other people, but, they've made progress uh, and you still got guys that are, you know, waiting for more and waiting for more from, from the collectives. And I think it'll come eventually, but with basketball, there are not even close to there. And, you know, some of the, even some of the bigger collectives just aren't where they need to be for basketball. And I'm not faulting them. They are basically counting on their boosters to step up for them. And some of these boosters, uh, you know, are they going to be out there for Michigan basketball? Apparently not right now. Now give them credit for landing a guy like Namari Burnett. Trey Jackson is a guy who I think can help, but you need a guy like Conway. You need a Zion Pullen, who I think his price tag is going to be even higher than, than Conway's. I don't think there's any question about it. So I don't see how that's going to happen. Um, was it Antonio Reeves from Kentucky? You know, supposedly, you know, it's Michigan and Memphis that are the top two for him. But again, they're going to have to ask those hard questions, answer those hard questions about what am I going to get? And that's another thing that Martelli said. He's like, I remember, you know, it used to be building relationships. Now it's what can you do for us? And then 
what can we do for you? And then we'll revisit it in a year. So I, I think they've got their hands, a hand and a hand and a half tied behind their backs. And I do not blame Jawan Howard and his staff in any way. I know they're working hard, but to me, uh, it's gotta be super frustrating. Think about it, how it is for a fan, a Michigan fan. And then think about how frustrating it must be for a coach in this situation. Completely agree. I can't imagine what some of the conversations are like inside the, the hallways there of, um, you know, the, the player development center inside Michigan basketball's building. I mean, it's got to be frustrating. If it's not admissions, it's NIL. You know, you're losing a guy or you can't get a guy. Um, I, I did warn with this over the last six weeks, though, that Olivier Kama was a lean towards Michigan is that you would feel a hell of a lot better if you went to that G League elite camp the same way Devontae Jones did two years ago where he was committed. If I'm going back to college, I'm going to Michigan. Um, and, and obviously, you know, Kamwa is the, he's the number two available player in the transfer portal. He has some more options. But, um, you know, just feel like he didn't really get into the bulk of his transfer recruitment until the last couple weeks. And now here we are with Michigan not getting left at the altar because they still had some work to do in closing that deal. But uh, very disappointing for Michigan. I still think it's much more important to get a guard when you look at this roster. I mean, they could piece things together in the front court. You need a backup center. Um, it's just going to have to be kind of a by committee thing and you go small, I would think, unless you get somebody at this point. But if you if you pull a rabbit out of the hat with Zion Pullen or somebody else or you go the international route late like they did last season, I think all those things could be on the table. So I will say that it is not over until it's over, but right now it, it does not look good. It doesn't feel great. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We, we'll we'll see what the roster looks like before we we sing the sad songs or, or about the transfer yeah. portal. Or but yeah, but this is a blow. This is a huge blow. Let's be. That's not sugarcoat it. There's no question. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's I, a trend too with yeah. this with this yeah. program. You know where it just feels like they can't do anything right. I mean, they have 10 right. guys. They're just trying to fill the spots now. And I'll be interested to see, do you just start reaching out to, to – I was just looking at the transfer portal on On3's website here. I mean, there are still hundreds of guys in there. I mean, at this point, you get players. I mean, you don't want to jeopardize culture or anything like that. And yeah. maybe, you, maybe you do what Tom Izzo did last year and take less scholarship guys because, hey, you don't want to risk that, um, you know, bringing in a guy that could be a, a bad apple or whatever. But – um, they got some tough decisions to make. And again, I do not envy coaching staffs across the country, including at Michigan when they're in situations like this, but mostly Michigan and all things being equal kids want to play for Juwan Howard. Look at Caleb love, look at, you know what uh, they could have a roster. Yeah. They could have roster, but all things are not equal and that is not their fault. Yeah. Good well, um, there's probably a way we could, uh, close out the show or, or move into the latter stages of the show on a happier note. So, we will, as we do every Monday night, move to questions from our friends over on the fort. And also, if you're watching live on the YouTube channel and want to kick yourself to the front of the line, feel free to uh, hit that donate button below and send in a super chat for us. So, um, Clayton, you were the gatherer of questions today. Um, I will pour through them, but why don't you pick the first one here that we hit on? Yeah, we, I think we can go rapid fire because we got a bunch of good ones. Um, so we will rapid fire through some of them. But this is from Sasquatch, one of our fantastic posters. I know CB would like that. Uh, hey, if, hey, wait a minute. I just want to make something perfectly clear. I love, 90, again, the posters on the fort. Are, a lot of them are, have become my best friends. I've had drinks with dozens, if not hundreds, over the years, and they've become really good friends. So when I'm talking about uh, needing a Xanax, it's just for, like, 
the five guys that sign up over and over and over again and try to ruin it for the experience for everybody else. So continue, Clay. So you're Just saying you have many that. you have many friends that are on the fort. I have many friends on the okay. fort. Yes, and Scott Sasquatch is one of my favorite if he indeed exists. That's true. It, which yes. the jury's still out, of course. The jury is still um, out. He wonders if Michigan has to lose one conference game this fall. Who would you choose to lose to and why? I'm going to go Penn State. They're highly rated. Wouldn't knock your your rating that much. You still have Ohio State in play. You want to beat the rivals. Yep. Uh, pretty simple there. I agree. Uh, that would be the one uh, flat out, you know, as much as yeah. it pains you to, to lose to, to frames jankle in there. Um, you know, it. Uh, we did have uh, a one-on-one -on -one with him the other day. One question with James Franklin. Yes. Are you disappointed with the noon start time against Michigan? He said, I'm focused on West Virginia. So. Yeah. I'll say that, you know what, Minnesota, if it's say Minnesota, I think they have a, a no relatively way. easy schedule before they play Michigan. And you know what? You don't want to lose the Brown jug, a trophy game. And I'm not a big PJ Fleck fan, but uh, I respect any program that was good in the forties just for, you know, what the traditionalist in me and, and that rivalry. I, that's the, uh, the rivalry that's number two on my list as my most favorite rivalry with Michigan. So. All right. If they have to do, lose one this fall, um, I don't want to lose to anyone in the Big Ten East. We'll say we'll say Nebraska because then we can do a show where uh, Megan isn't dreading coming here for one week. So right because we're going to give her so much shit when they beat them or if they beat them. I'm sorry, Megan. Oh my goodness. So yeah. we're being polite here today. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, uh, let's go rapid fire here again uh, from Coach Maverick to get everyone on offense the touches they want and deserve. Do you see Michigan using a faster tempo than the previous two seasons? Nope. I think they're going to continue to do what they do. And you know what? With the new rule that you don't get a, uh, you don't stop the clock with a first down, games are going to be a little bit shorter and people are, guys are just going to have to suck it up that, hey, being a champion is good enough for me and whatever I can do to contribute to it. You know what? These guys, these kids demanded that two years ago. And they said, if you are not on board, then get the hell out of here because they dealt with four years of guys, prima donnas that were worried about the NFL. You know, or like, oh, my gosh, I got too many carries one game. And, oh, my God, you're going to hurt me. Well, then get out. This is not the program for you. So I don't see that culture changing, and I don't see them changing for anybody in that respect. Yeah. Off-season Jim Harbaugh would probably say, yeah, we're going to play. Yeah, right. but no, it would be marginal, I would say, if anything. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with no, and, and I was going to bring up that point, too, with the new rule change. Coach Maverick, by the way, is another favorite of mine. I love you. I mean, thanks for picking him from the from the great posters. So, uh, I'm gonna say, yeah, I, I, they're not gonna play much faster. This isn't gonna be the greatest show on turf. They're not gonna be playing basketball on grass like the Big Twelve. So, uh, I'll say no. Uh, they won't. They won't be much faster. So, uh, Clay, you want to pick the next one? Sure. CT Blue seventy two, another fantastic poster mm -hmm. on the court. Uh, says, how do you feel about preseason hype that still puts Ohio State over Michigan for the 2023 season? Do you like it for a chip on the shoulder, or are you annoyed by those that seem to solely rely on recruiting rankings? Um, I, it's it's irrelevant to me. Um, and I would say, too, like I think Michigan's going to be the better team than Ohio State this fall. I think Michigan's going to beat Ohio State, but Ohio State's going to be really good. We can't lose sight of that. They're obviously question marks. they got to break in a new quarterback. But to me, it's it's fair to think Ohio State may be better. You're not owed anything from beating them the year before. Ohio State knows that from what happened, you know, 2020 or 2019, I guess. You know, there was a year off to, to 2021 when they owned the rivalry. They were going to hang 100 or whatever. You're not owed anything from the past. So Ohio State could, could beat Michigan this year. I uh, wouldn't predict it, but 
yeah, I mean, play the chip on the shoulder card if you have to, too. And I'm sure they're doing that inside the, you know, the walls of Schembechler Hall. Was that Ryan Day quote real today, by the way? Where did somebody pull that where he said we figured it out and, uh, you know, this is what we were doing wrong or something like that? Was that a real quote? It was a real quote. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to write a column on that tonight then because that one cracks me up. They are overthinking things, right? They overthought things last year. They got too aggressive defensively, right? They were so intent on stopping the running game that they didn't adjust. And then they were confused. And by the second half, the air came out of that place. Clay, it was fantastic. I was so excited that you got to experience that in your first trip to Columbus, uh, uh, covering a game that, uh, you know, this is what it, this is what it felt like in the old days. Look at the celebrations and the, the, the uh, Royal wave from JJ McCarthy, yeah. but Megan's got that somewhere, but, uh, there's commander Riker from the SS enterprise, uh, doesn't he look like uh, Jonathan Frakes or whatever that name is? Anthony, you know what I'm talking I've never about? Heard, I've never heard that comparison, but I see it. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. So anyway, maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe he goes back to acting after he loses his third in a row. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> well, that's not a reference I expected. To there are about five people on the fort that'll get that one. So What was the other show he did? Uh, it's like, uh, not believe it or not, but it was... That we're not least believe it or not. I have no idea. That's the only thing I remember him from. So yeah. There's the supercut video where he's like, Nope, that's just a myth. Didn't happen. And it's like a bunch of those types of Mythbusters? No. We'll okay. get it. Someone in the All comments right. help us out here. But yeah, someone, someone, someone listening is screaming it out right now. See Desmond? He looks so like Riker. See, there you go. So <laughs> just um, for men and all. Yeah. Yeah, just to quickly hit on that one. I mean, not annoyed by it. I feel like a lot of it's coming. Um from computers that have the baked in recruiting rankings and all that, you know, the predictive type stuff, you know, when I've been reading a lot of these, uh, you know, the national pundits, the preseason magazines, they have Michigan ahead. Uh, and I tend to, I mean, I don't say I put a little more stock into that. Maybe it's just confirmation bias on my end, but um, last year was the one that kind of cemented the fact that not only was 2021, not a fluke, but this can be a little bit of a run for them against this team. And, you know, with most of the faces and names the same on both sides, given the fact that it's going to be in Ann Arbor, it's hard for me. I don't get annoyed by it. Um, I just kind of, I won't say laugh at it, but it's, there's a lot of hubris out there still around, you know, picking the Buckeyes uh, over the Wolverines. Uh, you know, I think they're the Vegas favorite to win the Big Ten in a few spots. So, um, you know, a lot of that's just based on where the money comes in, but whatever shut them up a third year in a row that's gonna have to be the way it is moving forward so and i'm and i'm with you though i, I love i actually love it because i think these guys will look at it and they'll chuckle and they'll say awesome you know doubt come continue to doubt us you know and we'll kick your ass again desmond williams by the way now one of my favorite commenters in this podcast beyond belief is the name of the show it that's looks like it yeah so yeah. And, I, and i've never seen it but now i can't wait to watch it so there you I'll, have it. i'll send you a clip chris all right um, thanks man he's my second favorite desmond <laughs> behind Morgan, uh, behind Desmond, yeah. Desmond Morgan. That's no, probably Howard, but yeah. <laughs> okay. No offense to Desmond Morgan. Third. No, no, you know. All right. Uh, this one's from Low Blow, who says, "Is JJ the most indispensable man for Michigan in 2023? Is the drop off between him and his replacement greater than the drop off between any other starter and his expected replacement, other than Will Johnson?" I'll say yes. I think that's the biggest probably the biggest drop off on the roster. Cause I feel like you can scheme up a way at cornerback with all those other uh, pieces on the defense to, you know, keep things afloat. But if they lose JJ McCarthy, no, no disrespect intended to the guys behind him, but 
they don't have anyone even close. 100%. I agree with that completely. They got to keep him healthy. And this is not like when you had, this is not even like when you had Chad Henney and then Ryan Mallett behind him, who was a green five-star freshman. And we saw the drop off there. You know, Jack Tuttle's got some experience, but you know, there's just no comparison. So that's a good question, but because, uh, you know, there are other positions, but they're so deep at every other position, right? Uh, JJ McCarthy makes that room a four and a half star out of five room by himself. But if you take him away, that's a three-star room. Let's be fair. You know, I love Alex Orgy's potential, but I do not think, that he is, um, you know, ready for that at this point. Yeah, it's easily JJ. I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the country, and there's a pretty steep drop-off. It's also the most important position on the field, so uh, pretty easily. And I think we have a super chat that just came in as well. So. Yes, sir. We did. It's a 999 super chat from Nick, who says, I don't know, this isn't a question. Well, it is a question, but it says, did you guys hear that Ryan Day is adding blue lip balm and May's eyeliner to his half <laughs> time beard care routine in a desperate attempt to emulate true success he is just so soft wow I've not heard that. wow Again, all this news is breaking to me this is fantastic i'll say this nick um this is a huge year for him right uh this is the year that they say okay we definitely have our new john cooper if you lose three years in a row to michigan and uh you could sense really the prof- the pressure in that stadium last year going into the game, because there was so much bluster about how the year before was a fluke and how, you know, the snow flurries and the flu and all that crap. And, uh, but they've been emasculated in the second halves of those games. And that's why, you know, you look at the Michigan coaching staff and the job they've done, uh, the job that they've done in the second half, you know what, it was 28 to three in the second half. One idiot Ohio state writer wrote that it was a fluke and Michigan didn't want any part of Ohio state again in the, in the playoff. And I'm like, yeah, what, what part of 28 to three is a fluke, especially when it should have been what, Clay? Yeah, it should have been 35 to three in the second half. Should have been 52 to 23. And there's an yep. asterisk there. Yeah. Absolutely. So there you have it. But uh, I will say this. Uh, you know what? I thought Michigan was all over their routes last year. Uh, they were so well, they were so well scouted that I think this is the year that Ryan Day is like, okay, uh, Jim Trestle and, and Urban Meyer, Jim Trestle especially, was one of those guys that was waiting for his opportunity to exploit something that he saw on film where they would change something up and you'd always see a receiver running deep free and alone because Michigan was caught off guard by something. I think that this is the year pity whistle. Exactly. Desmond, this is the year that uh, Ryan day probably schemes really well for that game and puts everything into that game. So man, if they don't win this year, I really have a, uh, I have a hard time. Uh, I, I really have an interesting, it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond. Yeah, and I think some of that pressure's a little bit died down just because they made the playoff and they were they were close mm-hmm. to beating Georgia, um, because yeah. you kind of this know, close. It, yeah, yeah, they were they were <laughs> many feet away from beating Georgia, uh, and it's a game of inches. Yards. So maybe they weren't that close, but uh, yeah, I mean it. I mean, I love the question, by the way, Nick, and I don't want to comment mm-hmm. to offend anybody on any of the you know what you said there, but. The pressure's on Ryan Day, and I actually do kind of – it's something I've actually said since that game, that it felt like Ohio State just said, okay, a year has gone by, 365 days, as Brian Hartline would say, and, you know, now we got to win. we got to be more physical. But do you really do what it takes 365 days, you know, those 365 in between, to instill that physicality in your team? You know, for Jim Harbaugh, it's just natural. It's just the way – he runs a program. Uh, I forget which analyst said it, but when he was in the Pac-10 at the time with Stanford, by year two, he had the most physical team 
in the Pac-10. Um, you know, it's just the way Jim Harbaugh operates. You can't just manufacture it by putting a poster up on the locker room wall saying physical, tough, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and I think so a little bit of Ryan Day's comment, and I don't have the full quote in front of me either that you were referencing, Chris, is, um, you know, I think I kind of agree with it, but what is he going to do about it? Um, I'm not sure. And and that's the big question. But Ryan Day, uh, the pressure is on if he doesn't win and, and he better hope it doesn't snow up in Ann Arbor on November 25th. But if he doesn't win this one, then then I don't know what they're going to do to him down there. Yeah, I think he's a decent guy. I think he's too nice a guy to be coaching that program. That's just my strong opinion. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, at some point you gotta you're either gonna talk about it or you're gonna be about it. You know, mm-hmm. Michigan was a team for a few years there in the early stages of the Harbaugh era where you know there was a lot of talk, but there wasn't the results. And you know, I think that there is an aspect, and I don't know how Ryan Day changes this. I mean, I think it does take a lot of blood, sweat, hard work, but uh it's they think success is a birthright and that it should come to them. Whereas, you know, these guys that have helped dig Michigan out of this hole over the last few years. They have had to literally, it, it's been out of the pit of despair. I mean, everything that's come their way, they've had to to work for and hone in on the details. And, you know, I, recruit as well as you want. I mean, you got to have players to win at a high level in college football. And that's why a team like Ohio State can hang with the Ohio States. The Alabama, or, I'm sorry, the Ohio State can hang with the Alabamas, the Georgias of the world. Um, but when push comes to shove, if you're not honed in on those details, um, you're going to lose, you're going to lose the big ones. And that's been the difference between both those programs, Michigan and Ohio state over these last couple of years. Uh, Clay, what do you think? I'm going to, I think time for one more, but let's take one of the random ones. Mm-hmm. I'll let you pick. All right. We got some good random ones. We've kind of addressed one of them, what we, we'd be doing if it weren't uh, journalism, but let's go with, well, how about these two quick hitters? What style of barbecue do you prefer from West coast Wolverine? I don't really know what that means. I, I like what style of barbecue. I like mine with barbecue sauce. I, it, <laughs> <laughs> when you say with style, if it's got barbecue sauce on it, it's slow cooked. Then uh, you know what a slow cooked slow cooked brisket. Slow cooked brisket's probably my favorite. Although I do like a a half ch- chicken, uh, you know, that's been smoked as well. So yeah, yeah. I sm- I smoke a lot of chicken and a lot of salmon here. That's right. So yeah. um, that is that is the go to here. Uh, from my perspective so what about your favorite taylor swift song uh from oh, rich elso i don't know who that is taylor swift you know who taylor swift is i refuse to acknowledge that i may know her music because i don't want to be torn apart on social media any more than i already am so i, I knew that was trouble when when he asked it that question. He knew it was trouble when it walked in. I was, yes. yeah, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> well, that's what I, that's, I was trying to, you know, I wasn't yeah. going to say the whole, you know, I didn't want to give it away. I wanted you guys to fill in the pieces, you know, that's what you did. So congratulations. Mine is, I am not ashamed to say mine is You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift. Oh my yeah. God. That's nothing but bangers. It's oh so God. Um, so I I'll, can't believe I'll, that I'll take the bull, I'll take the bullets for it. I, I'm, I'll be at the Eras Tour in Pittsburgh next week uh, with my what? Oh, well, at least you can blame the girlfriend. No, I mean True. I bought the tickets, so you know I'll, wow. I'll wear it and I'll proudly wear it. Um, okay, well, good. She's, you know what? She's extremely talented, and I do like that song "Willow." I think it's called because my one of my uh, children likes it. That's the, what I'm sticking with. So okay, from Evermore. Yeah, okay. We'll that what is? I don't know. I don't know what it's from. <laughs> I just heard it once and I liked it. Yeah, I, uh... I don't know. Uh, Karma. Here, there's your answer for that for right okay. now. So. 
Cool. I think that's a good place to end it. A little bit of T-Swift talk at the end of the show. Um, <laughs> fellas. Rich also. Rich also. We love Rich. Nice job, Rich. We love all of our posters. Thank you guys for taking the time out. Almost all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, be sure to head over to the WolverineOnDemand.com and get and pre-order that football preview. Uh, this is going to be a big lift uh, week for us, as the last few have been uh, getting this 160-page football preview uh, in the in the in the oven, so to speak, and it'll be out, uh, you know, in the next month or so in in newsstands and in in your mailboxes. So be sure to head over there, take advantage of the deal. We'll leave the uh, the details of that in the description below. Thank you for the questions. Be sure to uh, take advantage also of the new deal over at the Wolverine.com uh, 49.99 gets you. Uh, is it a year of coverage? I don't want to mess this up. Clayton. Yeah. Your first year and then $1 for three months, $1 for three months. So if you are a new subscriber, you have not been a member of our site before, be sure to take advantage of that. Uh, it, again, people always ask when, what's it like in the off season? There really is no off season for us. I feel like there's going to be a lot of scoopage coming uh, over these next few weeks as we head into summer. And Jim Harbaugh said, we didn't even get to this uh, fall camp is supposed to start on August 1st. So we're already less than two months away from the start of fall camp. So be sure to take advantage of all that. Be sure to like the video below, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Shout out to everyone who gave us a little bit of their time this week or, or all of their time this week. And Megan, so. Megan, cue the uh, T Swift bumper music on the way out, please. <laughs> no, that's a, that's an immediate copyright strike. So is it really? Um, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk, next episode, we'll talk a little bit about copyright law and, and all right. Um, DMC, well, we'll see what DMC, we can do yeah. Meg, Megan, out next week. So. Megan, please look into that. So, all right, fellas uh, for Clayton safety, Chris Ballas, I'm Anthony broom. Uh, everyone have a wonderful week. Uh, the three of us will be back on Thursday. And we will talk to you soon. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 